Hey everyone, I'm Jen Garrett and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. On this podcast, we are going to talk about how to succeed in business and in life by putting winning strategies into practice to help you advance faster. So if you're looking to move forward and reach that next level of greatness, then you are in the right place. Now get ready. Let's suit up, show up, and move the ball. Hey everyone, Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. Today, inside the huddle with us and ready to have a chat on how to move the ball is NFL alum Tony Simmons, who I absolutely love. And Tony is a former pro athlete. He played for the University of Wisconsin Badgers. He played in the NFL for a number of teams. He played for the Patriots, the Browns, the Colts, the Texans, and the New York Giants. He also played in NFL Europe for the Barcelona Dragons. He played in the CFL for the Edmonton Eskimos and the BC Lions. He's also played arena and international football, and now he is an international sports and performance coach. And something else that's super cool about Tony is that he was on season one of the show American Grit, which was hosted by John Cena, and he is also a very proud member of a group called Merging Vets and Players, which I am a part of as well, which is focused on helping veterans and players to succeed in life. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with MVP, it was founded by none other than Jay Glazer and Nate Boyer. So we'll talk about that group a little bit in the show as well. So first of all, Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It was nice to be here. Well, I'm so excited. I, I love your energy. I love you. And I'm really looking forward to getting into our our chat today. So what I want to do to kick off our conversation is let's start by talking about your college football days at the University of Wisconsin. So for our listeners, one thing that um, I am so pleased to share with all of you about Tony's amazing college career is he was Wisconsin's all-time leader in touchdown receptions when he was playing there. And he got the nickname Touchdown Tony, which I'm going to use often now when I see you, Tony, and when we grab <laughs> Starbucks, um, that's going to be my name for you. So while you were playing at Wisconsin, share with us, was there a game in particular that really stood out for you and was memorable and why? Well, the first game that I actually played was my most memorable game. The game was against the uh, Indiana Hoosiers, obviously. And um, that's the first, that's the game when I got my first touchdown, well, my first two touchdowns. And um, I almost had my third touchdown because I was three yards short. So, and then that started the whole, my whole life as the nickname of Touchdown Tony. Because after that, there was a, uh, there's a stat that came out. And then during that stat, it said every four times I was throwing the ball, it was a touchdown. So it became a thing. Even Coach Alvarez at the time started to, you know, he believed in and was like, ooh, I like this. So and it started becoming what it was. Every four times I was throwing the ball, it would become a touchdown. So that hence became my nickname, Touchdown Tony. Nice. Thanks for sharing that with us. And while you're at Wisconsin, share with us some of the practices that were instilled in you that you still use today in life to be successful. Some of the things that they, one of our biggest things was 
We never gave up. Um, we always had the mentality of bend, but don't break. It was something that always was instilled in me, instilled in me till this day. I even run my athletes like that. I do everything. It's always when I hear that, that means never give up. You know, things are going to happen bad, but that doesn't mean it's over. It's, you know, it's never over until the fat lady sings type of mentality. Everybody has different ways of saying it. Uh, Coach Alvarez, he had his thing of saying, we're going to bend, but we won't break. And that was the way it was all for me always. So when I talk to my, even my kids and stuff, we never give up. We just can't give up because you have to continue to push. Even when things look the worst, keep pushing because sometimes when you push a little pressure back, you'll get what you want. So in that case of bend, but don't break, you might bend. But if you put a little pressure back, you might snap back and get the win, what you're looking for in the first place. I like that, bend, but don't break. And so I think a lot of us know that we need to persevere and keep pushing, right? So that we can achieve those goals that we're looking to achieve. But that's easier said than done, right? And so a lot of that is that mental toughness. How do you deal with outcomes that are not going your way. You know, you may be in a football game and the other team scores two, three touchdowns up front. How do you keep your head in the game so that you can continue to move forward and not break, just bend and, you know, keep moving forward? Well, one of the things is when you are in a, in a game, in this sense of also life as well, when you're out there and, you know, things aren't going your way, if you start if you allow yourself to go down into that tunnel, there's always a dark tunnel down there. If you allow yourself to always go down on yourself and say, man, this is not working. Everything we're doing, we got, you have to be able when, when anything duress or anything like that happens to you, you have to be able to change as fast as, as, as it's happening. So if something's not going your way, don't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. That's called insanity as we know. So instead of being insane, let's think about it. Let's just look at it from a different uh, perspective. Let's change. Let's change something. We always have a plan. You just keep changing until you find something that stops the bleeding. Put the Band-Aid on it and let's get moving forward again. So constant change, being able to adjust on the fly helps out a lot, and especially when you're dealing with games and stuff, because things are moving so fast, just like in life. Things move so much faster than you think, and you just got to get control of it. And just change, keep changing, keep changing until you get the thing that works for you to start fighting back and then you keep moving. Right. Yes. Adaptability is a big part of being able to continue to bounce back and, and make those adjustments along the way, right? Don't keep doing the same thing. If it's not working, you got to change it up. And so when you're in a professional sports organization or a collegiate sports organization, having a routine and having a structure is very important to being successful. Can you talk about what was your routine like at Wisconsin and what elements of that do you continue to use today? Our structure was we got up early. We did an early lift. I still do this. This, this is part of my routine with a little adaptability in it. But we get up early. You get your lift in. You get your workout in. Then you go from there, grab something to eat grab something to eat from there, go straight to class. And this idea, go to work now. Then around noon, same thing. You get back in, you do, you get your eat on or something like that. Then you do a little quick workout right before our workout, the main workout, or in this, uh, before I go out and go do something with the guys and football or training with them, do our football thing, get that over with after practice. Then after that, start watching film, basically in my, uh, how I do it in real life break down what I had to do for the, what I did for the day, put that, uh, put that away, then start 
wind it down for the rest of the day and then start it all over again. So the same things are still doing is just just adjusting it a little bit now because I don't have to play football anymore. So it's kind of nice. But, you know, I don't have to deal with the the ups and downs and the beats and, and the bruises anymore. But it's still the same routine. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Now I want to switch gears and talk about your time in the NFL. You played for a number of teams, the Patriots, the Browns, the Colts, the Texans, the Giants. Can you share with us, which of those was your favorite team to play on and why? I will automatically say the Patriots is my first team. I was drafted by that team. That was a team that gave me the chance to become an NFL player overall. And I had a great coach at the time that uh, brought me in and wanted me to use me as a certain player. And that's just how it works. You know, it was it was an opportunity of a lifetime. It was what I've always dreamed about, what I sat on on the edge of my on my mom's bed. Uh, swinging my feet out the side, telling my mom, I can't wait. One day I'm going to be an NFL player, mom. I'm going to, one day I'm going to take care of you. And my mom used to say the same things to me. Boy, you can do whatever you want as long as you put your mind to it. And, you know, maybe it's stuck. And uh, eventually I was drafted into the NFL second round uh, and I was 52nd pick. So it was a great opportunity and I was just loving it. Like the Patriots, we had a great team. You know, it was a it was a great opportunity, and it was just one of those teams that, like, I love the organization. You know, I know nowadays they're looked down upon because they've been in the Super Bowl so many times, but not this year. But they're a solid team. They they know how to find the players and make them great players. Yes, yes, that they do. And so talk to us. You mentioned you were drafted second round. Tell us how that felt when your name was called. <laughs> Man, oh, well, the story for this is this is the craziest thing. So. I'm sitting in the, in my college dorm at the time. Oh, it was my college apartment at the time. And I'm sitting there. My mom is there. My brother's there. Uh, my sister's there. You know, everybody, the family's there. My girlfriend's there. We all sitting there waiting. And, you know, my name come up around the first round. So it was like uh, Denver Broncos came up. They're looking for a receiver. And they had the receiver's names up. And I was the second receiver on the list. And I was like, oh, man, this would be great if I go first round. Yes, yes, yes. So during that time, my phone rings. I was like, yes, like that's it. That's what I was talking about. First round, yeah. Pick up the phone. It was a telemarketer. Seriously, <laughs> bye. And I, was, <laughs> I was like, seriously, really? Bye. <laughs> you know, so it was the funniest thing that happened, but it was, it was, it was something that it kind of broke the ice. And then when my name finally came across, I kind of like relaxed a little bit, stopped looking at the TV, made something to eat, da, da, da. about time. I realized it. I, they were looking at the Patriots. They said, oh, the Patriots are calling them. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of not paying attention. And then all of a sudden, and then the second round of the 52nd pick, the Patriots choose Tony Simmons. I was eating a sandwich, and I spit the sandwich out. Yeah, you know, threw the sandwich in the air, just made a mess. But it was a great opportunity. I loved it. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing. And so now let's talk about you've, you've been selected for the draft, and you show up. and the pros are different than college in some regards. It's similar, but there are some cultural differences. Talk to us about what was different for you going from the college level to the pro and how did you adapt to those cultural differences since we talked about adaptability? Uh, well, one of the biggest things that's different from college to pro is the speed of the game, how intense it is. It's a business. You know, when I first went in, it was a dream and it was this whole thing. But after the first year, you realize this is business. This is about work. This is about uh, making money, getting rings, you know, I mean, getting those accolades. That's what it's about. 
It's not about this big dream like, oh, I love it. And you want to frolic and it's going to last forever. The NFL, uh, as we look at it, says not for long. NFL, not for long. So you have to do as much. You have to make as much impact as fast as you can because you're not going to be there for long. Now, some people have the ability to be there for 20, 15, 20 years, but that's not always the case. One of the things also, the culture that's different is you're not being like the coach is not looking for you anymore. They're not trying to find you anymore. This is your job. Now, everything now I'm not working to go to class or anything. I'm working seven to seven and sometimes even longer because I want to be the best player that I can be and also keep my job. And another thing that you most people don't realize is the NFL is about performance based contracts. So some people will never see some of the money that they all this money that people think you got. Oh, you got it made. You're 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 rich and all this stuff. It's all relative, obviously. But the biggest culture, cultural difference was you are no longer a kid anymore. You're no longer being watched by your parents or anything like that. You are responsible for everything that happens. If you wear the wrong color socks, you get fined for it. You realize that this is a job. You have to look the part. You have to be the part. And be the best at that part. So whatever you do is you are you. You are now a commodity and you have to be uh, to understand that being that commodity, you have to do everything possible to become the best person. And being adaptable in that whole situation was you have to learn to go with the flow and learn to fight with it as well, because you fight against it. But you also have to go with it. So you have to, as we uh, said before, you have to bend, but you don't have to break. Got it. Thanks for sharing. And you have experience playing outside of North America as well, right? Overseas. So how is that different culturally than the NFL or the CFL? Well, going once you cross over the big pond, as we call it, once you cross over the Atlantic, the game changes in the sense of you are not as you're no longer in Kansas anymore. The game has significantly changed. Um, now, when I went first over back then, it was totally different. The game was still people just learning the game. They was they didn't really understand football. It's not when they say football over there, they're thinking soccer. You know what I mean? And that's what you know, football was over there to them. So that's why when you're over there, it's called American football. Like, well, it's football. There's there's no American in it. It's just football. Over there, the culture is you're walking into a country that don't understand the game. They don't. We don't even understand their language. Some of the words that we use to implement football and things like that don't even exist in their language because it's not possible because those words don't exist. So basically, you're bringing a game, an English game to a foreign country that doesn't speak out to speak the language or anything like that. And you're implementing to to guys that look up to you, that have seen you play. They're ready to take everything you say as a sponge. But in the same sense, they're also like. You know, I mean, we don't understand this. Can you teach us everything, you know, and when you only know so much, you have to continue learning the game to continue to give them more. So I'm still learning to the game as it changes to this day. But that's what you're doing. Once you cross over that uh, cross over that pond, the game changes because everybody football isn't a big sport there. Football is starting to gain more traction now. But back then it was not a big sport. It was just another sport low-level sport over there versus when you come to the United States, it's the biggest thing that since sliced bread. Interesting. Thanks for sharing that. So let's fast forward. You're hanging up your cleats now, and it's time to transition out of playing football. 
And talk to us about how was that transition like for you and what did you struggle with? The transition was, I was fortunate to have started a business and stuff when the transition happened. Um, when that last telephone call didn't come in uh, 2003 and it was, you know, time was wearing down a little bit and I was still trying to play football and things like that. But there was a point in time when there was no telephone call. I was fortunate to have a business at the time and it was my fitness business. It was uh, called Tony Simmons Fitness back then. Um, But it was something that I was like, really, I I really enjoyed it and stuff like that. And also I was doing construction at the same, I was a construction engineer doing that on the side as well. So I had, I was keeping busy, but what I struggled with was I didn't have anyone telling me what to do again. It was, that was the weirdest thing. Like I've grown up in the game and I've grown up through sports. And this was the first time that no one was telling me what to do. I have been so regimented in the sense of when I eat, how I eat, when I get up, when to go to the bathroom, when to do this, you know, everything was so regimented for me. This was the first time that I looked and nobody was around and I didn't know what to do. I walked in, it was like, and if you can imagine this, walking into a stadium where everybody, I put my hand up and everybody's clapping. Yeah, Tony, let's go get it. Let's do this, you know? And then now I walk into the stadium and it's a spotlight on me, but the stadium is dark and I'm the only one standing there. And I'm like, what just happened? Like, is it over? And, you know, from that point, I, st- I got a little depressed. I was a little depressed because I didn't hear the crowd anymore. It wasn't me. I wasn't doing what I thought was my purpose. And that was my purpose at that moment. That was the only thing that was like pushing me to go harder because the people that um, that supported me, my fans and uh, doing things for my family and stuff like that to help them out. All of a sudden it was gone. And, you know, I had to figure out what was my next step. Right. And I'm glad that you shared that with us because there's some commonalities with professional athletes transitioning and military service members. And you know that I have a military background and we're both a part of this merging vets and players organization where we talk about the struggles. And in both situations, you have a structured environment. You're told what to wear, when to show up, what to do, and you have the schedule. And then when it's over, you don't know what to do because you're so used to that type of environment. And so um, I just want to share that with with our listeners, because these struggles are, are real, not only for professional athletes, but also for people that are transitioning out of something such as the military and trying to find what's next for them as well. And as you were transitioning out, what were some of the things that you learned from playing football that helped you to really be successful and position yourself for the next steps in your life? Well, one of the things was never give up. I knew it was an answer. I just had to figure it out. You know what I mean? And another thing was I didn't, I wasn't the guy that didn't want to ask for help. I went to go get help because around that time when I went through my depression stage and I was going through it, I was going through a divorce at the same time. So I was like, it was like double trouble happening and I was just fighting it. And, you know, and I was the guy that I could smile all day and continue to smile, but on the inside, I'm hurting. I'm walking down that tunnel, trying to figure out what is going on, you know, going down that spiral. And I was just trying to figure it out. And I was like, you know what? I can't do this by myself. And I actually went to get help. And I know a lot of people, it's hard for them to go get help. You know what I mean? Because we're so strong. We're athletes in the military. You're so strong. You, you guys are warriors and you know what to do. Yeah, we know this, but we also are human too. We do need help. 
And that helped me the biggest to go get some help and get my head together because I had to realize, and I actually had to let go to know that at some point it wasn't going to last forever. And that was fine with me that it didn't last forever. And I'm glad I walked away from the game. And, but it was just that time, like that in my head, my head was all messed up. And I just had to really understand that I need help and never giving up was one of the biggest things that helped me get through all of it. I'm glad you mentioned getting help because that is something that all of us, I think, can relate to as we we struggle with asking for help. And it doesn't need to be something major, even small things. You don't have to be going through a transition, you know, or some dark period to say, hey, I need help. I mean, even for those you know, in the workplace, you know, asking for help when you don't know the answer or you need someone else to step in and do something for you. you it, we tend to feel like asking for help is a sign of weakness because we couldn't do something. And I, I like to talk a lot about how asking for help is actually a sign of strength. And so for those listening, I hope that, you know, just hearing what Tony's saying about asking for help gives you the courage too to when you need it, raise your hand and, and ask for others to help you out. So let's switch gears a little bit. So I know that you're very focused in health and fitness. And as an athlete, it's important to take care of yourself mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And that's also important off the field as well. So because you can't perform at your best if you're not at your best level to begin with. So what do you do to ensure that you're on your A game? What I do is I work out every day. I basically kept my in the same routine that I've done since college and even in the pros. I kind of kept it the same. And I mean, with some adjustments here and there because I am older now, but I still wake up early. I get up early in the morning. I make sure I'm not a coffee guy or anything like that, but I do meditate early in the morning. I do about a 10 minute meditation. I do a small workout depending on how much time do I have for the rest of the day. Some days I can put a 30 minute workout in 45 to an hour, or some days I only can put in 10, 20 minutes and got to get in and get out the door. But I make sure I work out in the morning. That's one of my, uh, my regiments right there. I work out early in the morning when I wake up and doesn't, it can be body weight. It doesn't have to go to the gym. I can just do body weight stuff in my house, get my blood flowing and get going. And then, you know, from that day on, I'm an intimate faster. So I don't eat right away. I don't eat until one o'clock. So that's just how I also kept in. It also keeps my focus going because most people think, you know, breakfast is the most important part of the day. It is, but some people need to eat. Some people don't. You know what I mean? Everybody's different when it comes to nutrition as well. But that is a regimen for me. I need to work out. That's what clears my head to get me going for the rest of the day. And then by midday, I'm also looking at things of like, okay, what I need to get done. Before I go to bed at night, I'm already putting my schedule together for tomorrow. So I'm always trying to stay ahead of my stay ahead of my schedule to make sure I'm on plan for everything. Everything is written down. I am old school. I am. I still have a book that I actually write everything down in, and this is it. <laughs> I actually have a book that I write everything in. I can't use my phone all the time because phones break down, but pen, uh, pens and papers don't. So I'm old school. I am all about keeping my schedule together. And it helps me stay focused. It keeps my head in the game. It helps me just move forward because I know I'm going to change that day. It's like changing a chapter in your life. When you change the page, that means it's a new day. It's a new chapter. It's new readings. There's new something going on. So when I change that page to the next day, I'm like, okay, this is what I got to focus on. Yesterday is over. Let's move on. 
And I'm, I'm glad that you talked about writing things down the night before, because that's also one of my practices is to get you focused, ready for the next day, then coming back in the morning and then reviewing the game plan and then moving the ball, executing, right? Getting, getting after it. All right. So I'm going to do something fun here. This two minute drill, as I call it. And so are you ready? Go for it. All right. Here we go. <laughs> What's your favorite food? Favorite food is red beans and rice. Okay. Favorite movie? The Matrix. Okay. The trilogy, actually. <laughs> there you go. Favorite sports team? Actually, I don't have one. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I understand. It is kind of weird. Don't you have, I'm like, actually, I don't. Uh, because I, everybody will automatically think, it's the Patriots. And I'm like, no, actually, it's because I was in the game. Now I don't have a favorite team because I understand. I have favorite players and stuff, but a team, I don't favorite team anymore. Okay. Who's your all-time favorite player? I'm going to throw this in there. Okay. Jerry Rice. Okay. <laughs> good choice. Good choice. <laughs> All right. Best piece of advice you've gotten from a coach or a mentor? Uh, best piece of advice was never give up um, and always continue to learn. Oh, I like that. And then what's the best piece of advice you would give somebody? I would tell someone that I be actually the same thing. Never give up and be a life learner because that's the only way and be able to deal with change. Yes. Yes. Being able to adapt and deal with change is so important. Okay. The next one, what is one thing that most people don't know about you? Most people don't know about me is now I can say I've worked and traveled uh, six continents working on the seventh, if that's possible. And I crochet. <laughs> oh, okay. That's something I did not know. <laughs> and I never would have guessed that. <laughs> and the last one, if any, if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? I think I would be the flash. I love speed. I love to run. That's my thing. I'm a, I have that need for speed. Gotcha. Okay. Good. I want to give you an opportunity to talk about, I know you're, you're doing some great stuff. You've got a website. Talk about some of the great things that you're currently doing now and where people can find you. Well, right now I'm working on new fitness programs. Um, right now I'm coming out with a program called Kettlebell Fitness. It's called the Kettlebell Transformation. Um, it's using kettlebells. Actually, if you want to go to the gym or if you just want to do something at home, this workout will help you get ready, get toned, get uh, strongest strength, overall body strength, flexibility, and mobility throughout without having to go to the gym. All you have to do is have some kettlebells and be have some space enough that you don't break anything in your home. Also, I work on other things is with athletes and other people who want to do things of let me try to get bigger or faster or stronger. I'm still a football coach um, underneath all this. I still love track and field. That is one of the things I'm also into. I love the need for speed. I want to make people faster, bigger, faster, and stronger. doesn't matter because that is one thing I understand in this world. You will need to run. You will learn to move. So I teach people how to move their bodies in different ways. And also, I'm also a mindset coach. I love the fact that there are a lot of people in this world that are motivated to do a whole bunch of things, but they have no direction. So what I try to do is help them with positive mindset and try to get them to get their goals, vision and understand how to set it up first. And then let's get let's dig into it and really pull out what the best things are for you. And then let's put, get you motivated to focus on those goals and then pull forward. So mindset plus motivation plus fitness or getting your body to the best performance level equals success to me. 
Okay. And tell us where can people find you? Give us your website. I'm going to put all this stuff in the show notes too, but give us your website. So my website is Tony D Simmons. Uh, dot com and I have all my information there. That's T O N Y D S I M M O N S dot com. That will give you all the information. That is where I am. That's where I stay, and you'll get everything there. And when you're there, uh, if you sign, um, if you give me your email address, I will definitely give you a present, and that will be something that you will enjoy as well. Okay, great. Again, TonyDSimmons.com. That will be in the show notes as as well as Tony's other links. So reach out, connect with him. And you can also see footage from season one of American Grit on his website too. So check him out in action. Tony, any last words for our listeners? I just want everybody to understand, hey, don't ever, don't put yourself to the side. Always take time for yourself. If you need help, please ask. You know what I mean? We, there are a lot of people out here who are willing to help. Even this show, hopefully it helps some people that are listening. Be able to, one of the biggest things I'll always say, they used to say to me all the time, closed mouths don't get fed. If you don't open your mouth, how can anyone help you? How can anyone do things for you if you never open up? Don't expect things to happen for you. You have to go out and take it. Great words of advice. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for being on our show today, Tony. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you very much for having me. And thanks again, everyone, for listening. And we will talk to you on the next episode. Again, if you have not already done so, hit that subscribe button for the podcast so that you are in the loop and that you don't miss any episodes. Until next time, keep moving the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.jenniferagarrett.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.